0: All right, spiritual disciplines. We're on serving this morning. That sounds uh, intriguing. Um, I know that sounds. Could you grab the lights, Warner? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're just running all over the place. Thanks, dude. Um, well, good morning. I'm Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're a guest, or if you sign on to YouTube, please—I'd love to meet you guys. Please, you know, reach out to us so we can uh, say hi. Um, you know, this is this is the gathering, right? We talked about that last week. This is the gathering of believers. This is Christ's body, His church, right? The bride. Um, and so, what we're what we're going through is spiritual disciplines, and and the intent here is that we. This isn't, and, and we got to back up and we got to make sure that we're all going in the right direction, right? Like, this is not things that you have to do to be a Christian. This is not things that you have to do in order to receive salvation. That is through Christ alone, through the cross alone, through, through God's efforts to sanctify us, to make us holy, to make us clean. Like, he has accomplished that. That's done. The question now, though, is what then do we do? What, does, what characterizes us? Um, and, and, and that God is intimate with us. He wants us to experience him, to know him more and more, and that's why he gave us scripture, right, that we can read the words, the thoughts, the, the plans, and read what God has done historically. We've got prayer, and we've got fasting, ways that we can draw close to God and experience him and, and set aside the things in our lives, and we said that, that all those things cause us to respond in what? What was it? What do we respond with after we do that? Worship, worship. yes, right? And we, we respond in worship. And that, that is something that doesn't happen here. I mean, it happens here, but it happens throughout our lives. We live lives of worship. And then what's the outflowing of our worship is now horizontally, right, that grace art sanctified and made more like Christ. And so what do we do? We gather together. We talked about last week that gathering is ways that we disciple one another, and and this week what we're going to look at is that serving is one thing that God calls us to do. And so my task this morning is to expand on scripture, expound, not expand, expound on scripture. Very different. Um, and and extrapolate. Like what, what do we mean when we talk about serving? What what? comes to our minds when I say the word serving. I think we immediately think, um, at the end of this, I'm going to tell you what teams we have at church, and you need to sign up. That's not it. It, It's not it, just like we're not trying to get us to worship here and now. it's, It's a piece, but it's not it it's a heart condition right it's it's a life of worship it's a life of service and the question we need to ask then is okay so what does that mean charities what do i got to do i got to i got to give you know i got to give my time somewhere i got to go be a part of some rotary club somewhere or i got to go do something in order to serve the community or and i don't really know why i guess i just have to i got to put in my dues and this is like one of the things that christians have to do I think that's how we, we grapple with this. So we're gonna, we're gonna walk through this and we're gonna start off with two interactions that Jesus has, two separate stories that are really the same teaching of Jesus. But before I do that, let me pray. Father, we thank you for this time to dive in to scripture, um, to see what you have for us. I pray, Father, that you would um, convict us Guide us, encourage us, and lead us where you want us to go, Father. I pray that if I'm going to say something this morning that you don't want me to say, I pray that you'd cause me to forget it. And if there's something that you want me to say that is glorifying to you, um, I pray that you would give me the words to speak it, because this is all for your glory. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen. So he sang in that song, and I, I probably will get the words wrong because I have an inability to remember lyrics. Um, <laughs> um, all I have is for your kingdom. Right? it, so, did it say something like that? <laughs> More in American, I don't know, something like that. Right? Did you guys all sing it? Do you believe it? <sighs> I think we sing it, and I think we... I think we believe it theoretically, but it's a whole nother thing to say, like to really mean that. And that's and that's where I want us to look at today. And, and this is individual, right? Like this is this is me reflecting on this. Um, you know, as as I'm crafting this sermon throughout the week and I'm reading stuff, and conviction just falls out of the bible and into my lap and then my my task is to just (laughs) throw it out here and go i don't know you the holy spirit's job is to convict and to lead us into the place that he wants us to be and so that's what we're going to do this morning so um here here here's the rub right we don't have a problem with service serving we like serving um we don't mind serving, I don't think. And, and we're different, right? Some of you are like, dude, that's my jam, right? Some of you, like me, are like, nah, um, <laughs> I'd rather not. I mean, truth be told, I, I've got, um, yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe there's just certain people that are easy to serve. Some people are really easy to serve, and some people, some of you are not. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the reality, right? Some of us are not easy to serve, Um. You know, I mean, with, you know, Gene's like, dude, you need to tell us how we can help you guys. Let us serve you. And I'm like, yeah, we're good. Thanks. Right? Some of us make it very difficult to let others serve. Some of us are like, please, God, help me in any way that you can. Right? And so, so serving isn't, it's not like it's a one or a zero for us. Sometimes it's convenient. Sometimes serving's, inconvenient i think we all like to serve people that we think will serve us back if it's compatible and we feel like we're going to get some reciprocating something out of it it's a it's a contract an unspoken contract of service we are a messed up bunch I'm just throwing some stuff out there that I think, like, these are the things that we think about and how we feel. And, and we got to be honest with it, right? Don't, don't sit there and go, well, that's not me. That, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm revealing my heart and things that I think about. And we all think about these things. Um, and so Jesus has two encounters that we're going to look at this morning. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 19. Um, and and it's a it's a common story, right? It's the rich young ruler, and you're like, yep, know that story, right? And so, uh, what, this guy comes to Jesus, and um, he basically asks him, "What what should I do?" Right? He's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler man. <laughs> like, it's funny that those like that's the title in probably all of our Bibles. Actually, mine actually says the rich young man. Actually, now that I look at it, but. Those aren't three, those are three things that, like, if my daughters were rich and young and rulers, I would go, careful, careful, congrats, but careful, right? And I think those of us who are older in years understand that. Those of us who are younger are like, I don't see the problem. We're going to pick up in um, verse 21. And he, so he asked Jesus, what, what do I need to do to inherit an eternal life? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter The kingdom of heaven. So I think it's interesting, right? He actually steps on his rich toes, but he steps on his ruling toes as well. He says, Follow me. I think this is the part that maybe we need to hear more than we need to hear about the rich. I mean, we probably need to hear both, but he says, Stop having people serve you, and you need to come and serve me. That's what you need to do. I think there are twofold things that this guy's like, not good news from Jesus. But he doesn't say you need to be poor. right? For him, this is not an instruction for all of us that we must be poor in order to be Christ followers. We don't need to be poor, sell all of our possessions in order to go to heaven. What's Jesus getting at here? Look at what he says in verse 30. So he goes down, he, he extrapolates more, and then Jesus says in verse 30, but many who are first will be last, and the last first. His concern is not about money, and that wasn't this man's problem. It wasn't a problem that he was rich. It was what he was serving. It was the object of his service, what was consuming his attention? He says, he's trying to be first. That's what he's trying to do. He says, if you're trying to be first, you're going to be last. But where are we trying to be first? But where are we trying to win, succeed in our careers, in our education, in our family? Like This is what we do. We try to win. going to quote Charlie Sheen but I don't know it's it's appropriate right (laughs) that what he said in that interview and I I don't go google it afterwards or whatever but dude that's our heart I know we look at that we're like whoa train wreck like man, he's gone but I think he actually said what we feel all I do (laughs) is win right might be another quote, right? There's all sorts of things we can go to when we think about the world's mindset and how this invades our own thinking. And so, what Jesus says is no, no, no. The problem isn't your money. The problem is that you want to be first. The problem is that you're serving yourself. You're not serving me. Go to, go to Mark uh, chapter 10. Similar story, actually. Uh, well, different story, but similar outcome in chapter 10, verse 35. Now this is this isn't somebody that's not following Christ. James and John. Listen to what they say. James and John the sons of Zebedee come came up to him and said to him, "Teacher, we want you we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you." Is that hard to read? Is it just me? He said to them, "What do you want me to do for you?" They're just words on a page, but man, when you put in the inflection, uh, you know. I've I actually had this discussion this week. Why do I cry up here? Um, I, I honestly, I think it's the inflection of the words. I think it's I think it's when you actually say the words. I, like when I'm reading my Bible at home, like. <laughs> I'm not like crying and sobbing all the time. I'm not. And I don't know what it is. It's not, it's not the environment. It's not the moment. I, I, honestly, I think it's the words of God. And when we actually put it into a sentence that we would say, that's when conviction happens. And I, anyway, sorry, side note. He says, what do you, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. They Did they believe in Jesus? <laughs> they did, left everything, followed him, left their dad. They believed that Jesus was going to be in glory. <laughs> they believed, they trusted in Christ, but they were self-serving. They go, you know what? I'd like to rule with you. Verse 43. Jesus gives this discussion of ruling. In verse 43, he says, But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. That's pretty clear, you guys. These are two very different stories, but they come together with the same result. Jesus goes, if you want to be first, if you want to be great, you need to be a slave to all. You need to be servant to all. You see, our sin problem is not just a series of miscalculations and missteps that need our repentance. That's not it. Our sin problem is that we are so consumed with ourselves, our pride, that we want to pursue the things that we want to pursue. And when we when we sing... Um, Lyrics that say, all I am is for your kingdom, we know it's not true. We know that we want to seek, or that we do seek, our own kingdom. That's our sin problem. And that every single one of us in here struggles with us. All of us do. We spend our entire lives serving ourselves. We really do. And so this service isn't this like, oh, uh, what team do I need to be on? And, and how, where can I serve? And, and what, what does the church need from me? And what organizations? That's not the point. It's not the point that Jesus is making here. He doesn't say go find some great organization and support them. He says you need to live a life of service. You, you need to be serving me Serving God, serving God's kingdom, not serving your own. That's the dichotomy. That's the difference, right? That's one's on one side and one's way over here. That's the difference for us. Now, we need to be careful, though. Jesus isn't saying, he's not giving us some sort of like um, sneaky uh, shortcut to being great. to being first, okay? And you'll hear this in the world. In fact, uh, there's a huge thing of servant leadership, right? It's not wrong. It's good. As, As Christians, it's fundamental. But the world hears that and goes, that's good. If I'm a servant leader, if I'm serving those whom I'm leading, and Christ isn't in the equation, what is it? It's manipulation, right? It's it's the world going, what's the best way for me to get to the point where finally, ultimately, people are serving me and I'm not serving them? That's the end state that we're trying to get to. Do I have to serve for a little bit in order to get there? Well, then the ends justify the means. I'll do it. I'll make it happen. But my end goal, my heart condition is the same. I want to be successful. I want to be at a place where other people are serving me, and I'm content, and I don't need anything from anybody. And I, I, I can acquire all that I need. You see, that's not what Jesus is saying here. It's not what he's saying at all. Our greatness, us being first, what Jesus is defining as that is being with him in his presence. You see, the difference, once again, is what we're pursuing, what we're serving. And we really have to ask ourselves this question, what am I serving? Because sometimes, sometimes, good things can be not God things, right? If I were up here trying to um, become known or be somebody, I'm doing Godly things, preaching, but if my heart is otherwise motivated, that's not what God's asking for. And so if we're serving in some capacity with other motivations, that's not what Jesus is pointing to here. So we got to be careful when we look at this because the end state is that we ought to be living a life of service. And here's, here's what this life of service says. I will be most satisfied when I'm building God's kingdom, not my own. Do you believe that? That's, that's what God says. You will be most satisfied. You will be the most content peaceful, joyful human being that you could possibly be in this world if you're living a life that is building God's kingdom. That's the service. I just don't think we believe it. I think it's more difficult I mean, you read about Paul and you read through the hardships that he goes through, and he goes, "What's going to happen to me? I die. I'm with Jesus. I'm here. I'm preaching the gospel. Win-win. That's the all I'm doing. <laughs> all I'm doing is winning, right? I can't think. Of it. That's really as Christians, where we can get to the point where we, there is no losing. There is no being last because all we're doing is building God's kingdom. All right, so how do we actually do this? And this is where we kind of talked about last week. So if you turn over to Ephesians, um, chapter four, verse eleven, and we talked about this in the context of of, um, of gathering. But listen to what it says here. Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. We read that last week, right? And what did we say? Like, we're here to equip you all, all of us, for what? For ministry. And what was the ministry? To build up the church, right? To encourage, to disciple, to evangelize and bring people in, right? To to build and encourage and exhort, right? Like, that's our ministry. Guess what that word ministry is in Greek? Don't guess. That's a rhetorical question. (laughs) Nobody's Probably nobody. Diakonia, okay? You know where that comes from? You know where you've heard that before? Deacon, deaconess. That's that word, servant. Phoebe, my trusted and faithful servant. Deaconess. It's the same word. When you read about the ministry, every time you see that word ministry, it's service. So what are we equipping the saints for? Service. It's not, this is where last week I'm like, it's not like there's people that are in ministry and people that aren't in ministry. Like we're all in ministry because ministry is service and God has called us to serve. You see, we serve God by serving others. That's what he's saying here. Right? We're serving God, we're building his kingdom when we are serving other people. That doesn't mean serving people that we like or serving people that are just in this church. It means living a life of service. It means going and living in a way that is that is obedient to Christ. Declaring the gospel in our lives to our coworkers, finding opportunities to invite people to church, to the inside of this church, to to know others, to minister to them, to serve them. You know, I will. I will I'll be really honest. I struggle very much with um, um, I want to make sure I say this right. <laughs> I struggle very much with trying to make sure that this is not a social club. and I'm not a tour director. It's not in the Bible for those roles for me, however. It's easy to get there. To have programming and to think about what what you all need. And and I and I go, How can I best serve the church? And we talk about how can we best serve the church and and we have to be careful that that our best way to serve the church is not to just keep you distracted and busy and, and occupied with some fun thing or some purpose that is not kingdom building. That's tough, you guys. That's really tough, and that's something that, like we're talking about, and we're checking ourselves because it's like, I get it. Look at us, little, little, little church here, right? <laughs> we don't, we don't have, we don't have the resources. Like I would love to do all these things, but then I'm like, well, <sighs> is it kingdom building? It's a God's kingdom building. It's kingdom building. Regardless, the question is, is it, is it building God's kingdom? And so that, that I, I, and I'll just be really honest, like that wasn't in my notes, I don't know. I just, I, like the, those are the things that, that we're talking about that we're struggling with because we want to make sure that, that we are serving God by serving each other. We're giving you opportunities. I, I stand up here and preach. We have ladies ministry and men's ministry and, and uh, youth and kids and we have all these things in a family gathering and a night of worship. Why? Why? <laughs> so we're trying to serve you. We're trying to serve each give you opportunities to serve each other. We're trying to build God's kingdom. That's what we're trying to do. Disciple each other. Opportunities. So all right, but so 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 first we need to understand that serving God, how do we do that? We serve God not by Coming to church, reading your Bible every day, praying, fasting. Like, that's not how you're serving God. That's how you're getting to know God better. The way that you're serving God is by serving others. We need, to, we need to really grasp that. We are the hands and feet of Christ. We are here for a purpose, right? We've talked about this before. Otherwise, when you got saved, you would have just gotten sucked up to heaven. You're here for a purpose, and that purpose is to serve other people. So why do we serve, though? Because serving reflects Christ's humility. You see, the the fundamental thing about serving, and the reason why none of us like it, is because it's humiliating. Isn't it? I mean, it can be. You put your ego to the side. You put your pride to the side. You put your kingdom to the side, and you serve God's kingdom. And so, what what, what does that mean? If you go back to Mark, right where right where we finish off, Mark chapter ten, verse forty five. Jesus concludes that interaction with James and John, and he says, and he gives the reason why. He says in verse forty five, for even the Son of Man, Jesus, came from heaven and earth incarnate, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He was the ransom. He was the suitcase of money that was paid on your behalf, right? He came to serve, not to be served. He could have come to be served, couldn't he? I mean, God could have written the story totally differently. He could have rolled in and went, y'all, serve me. It's probably the technique I would have taken. Honestly, right? But he doesn't. And so when we are humbling ourselves, when we are setting aside our pride, and we're going to build God's kingdom and not our own, we are going to serve others and serve God. And we see this throughout, right? I mean, we could go to a a bunch of verses on this. We're going to go to a couple from Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, think this way. Think the way Christ thought. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Okay, there's different translations to what this, the, the, the picture that Paul is uh is trying to describe here is that Jesus wasn't being like pushed down to earth and he's trying to grapple and grasp and hold on to his position in heaven. He's giving it up. He's laying it aside. Why? For you, for me. He's serving us for some reason. And so, the, so what he does, and then he says, but, verse 7, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a diakonos, a servant, being born in the likeness of men. You see, Jesus is worthy to be worshipped because of his sacrifice on the cross. He's worthy to be worshipped because he defeated death. He's worthy to be worshipped because he created and sustained the creation that he then set aside his ruling place and came to live amongst us as a servant. Came to serve us, and so when we are serving, when we are humiliating ourselves as Jesus did, we are reflecting Christ. Because the world goes, "What are you doing? Why aren't you building your kingdom? Build your kingdom. We're building our kingdom. You build your kingdom. We'll see who's better." About Romans chapter fifteen, uh, verse one. Paul says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. So we just read in Ephesians, right? To build each other up, to disciple each other. So how are we serving each other? We're setting aside what pleases us to please each other. So look around this room. Look around the room, seriously. Like Our objective is to serve each other, to please each other. He says in verse 9, why? Or verse 3. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So Jesus is saying that that they hated you and that hate fell on me. Are you willing to take that on for your brother and sister in Christ? To take on their hate? To take on their sorrow? To take on their frustrations? To rejoice with them when they rejoice? That's serving That's serving each other. And that's what he's saying. And so when we serve, we are building God's kingdom. Our humility, us saying, hey, I'm not going to build my kingdom. I'm going to build God's kingdom, says to the world that there is another kingdom. There is a second option. There is a plan B. There There is another way to live this life. And it stands out. It should. It should. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 14. says, strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Let me just read that again. Strive for peace with everyone. For the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. How do people see Christ in this world? It's through us, through the way that we live, through our service. This isn't optional, this is how God intends for us to live, to be building His kingdom. Serving is our life's work. That's why we were created. That's why we breathe. That's why we may or may not live tomorrow. If you wake up in the morning tomorrow, guess what your job is? To serve God. To build his kingdom. To teach those kids to build his kingdom. I mean, honestly, that's our job. That's our life's work. We're called to be servants. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul says, For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. Paul, Barnabas, those that were with him. Why did he work? Why was he a tent maker? Why did he? He's saying that we worked. We we pulled night shift. Day and night we worked. Why? To build the kingdom? To build, sorry, to build his own kingdom? No. He worked day and night so that he could preach the gospel of God. You see, for some reason, we have gotten to this point where, where our faith is theoretical, it's, it's philosophical, like we believe it intellectually, maybe even with our heart, but then there's this passivity, like I'm, I'm saved, and now I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back or die one or the other i guess i'm just in a holding pattern just waiting but that's not what he says that's not what paul did that's not what anybody did in the bible that's a that's an increasingly cultural thing right like that's 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 our generation that's that's the individualism we talked about last week, right? That's the I got mine. I'm not sure what the plan is now, but I guess I'll kind of pop in and pop out and maybe serve a little bit here and serve a little bit there. That's not what is described here. That's not how Paul lived,' that's not how Peter, that's not how any of the disciples lived. Those who followed Christ followed Christ, not just while he was here, but after he ascended. They followed him, they built his kingdom, they served. Others. They labored and toiled night and day to preach the gospel, to serve others. You see, we are willing to work and we're willing to serve. But are we willing to do it for somebody else's kingdom? That's the question for us. The good news is that we are rescued. We are saved, right? Like again, this isn't like drawing the lines of going, "Hey, if you're not serving, you know, enough, you might not make it. It's not what he's saying here. Christ has set us free. I will be most satisfied building God's kingdom and not my own. That's the reality, you guys. That Do you believe that? Because that's what scripture tells us. But that's a, that goes deep, right? That's hard to get in there. Because I go, ah, yeah, but you don't know the opportunity I have. You don't know the situation I'm in. You see, we pursue contentment and peace and joy in so many different places. And God goes, If you would just build my kingdom, you will find it all and ten times more than you expect. And so it's a faith statement. When Paul closes his first letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, he's leaving them with some words. And he says, therefore, in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brothers... Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Read That last part again. Knowing that in the Lord your work is not in vain. Outside of the Lord. Our labor is in vain. It's going to disappear. The kudos, the acknowledgments, the wealth, the things, the toys, the accolades, the prestige, the power, it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. It's all vanity. But in the Lord, when we're building His kingdom, it's not in vain, it's eternal. When you spend your life serving God's kingdom, preaching the gospel and your relationships and in, your, in the different places that God has all of us, right? The very places that we're all working and living and breathing in the neighborhoods and all of these things. And you see God's work in somebody's life. You see that somebody will know the Lord through your example of Christ's humility. You go, that's of eternal consequence for them. So where do we serve? What do we do now? I'm going to close up with this last point. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's a cool little section here. It's in verse 5. And, and uh, there's, there's a bunch of debate going on in the first in the Corinthian church. And they're, they're, people are following this person, and people are following this person. They're like, well, I like. I like, I like BJ's preaching over Jonathan's preaching. I like G's preaching better than BJ's preaching, right? And this is, this is what they were doing. They're like, yeah, Apollos, you know, I, I'm an Apollos guy. I'm not a Paul guy, you know. I come to church when, when, when Apollos preaches. <laughs> Verse 5, he says, Paul goes, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. As the Lord assigned to each. Don't, don't, don't put this on me. This isn't just because I'm standing on the stage. I'm not the only one that preaches the gospel, okay? We all preach the gospel. Better in our better in our lives than in with just our words. Right? We're, we're all preaching it. But the Lord assigned Paul and Apollos for different purposes. Look at what it says: I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Not success. Not success. God isn't pleased with you because you've created something beautiful, because you were successful. He's pleased when we're building his kingdom. And you know what? Sometimes what we're building falls apart. Because God wants it to fall apart, because God chose not to make it grow. For whatever reason. And that's okay. Verse 9 for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. God's building. See, Paul's talking about this from a pastor's perspective, but we can say that, right? Like the world, each other, right? This is the building up that we talked about in Ephesians. We're each assigned different places. There is no perfect place for you to be serving. God might put you here, then he might put you here. He might put you in this context. I, I fielded at a call today that was a... a uh, not today, but uh, this week. That was it. Was awesome. It was a great discussion about how how do my kids in school preach. It was neat. Not not any of the ways that you would have wanted. But it was an opportunity for these high schoolers to preach the gospel. And sometimes the opportunities that we get to serve are not the ones that we would have crafted ourselves certainly didn't plan to be here but god will orchestrate events in our lives and put people into our situations and into our lives and give us conversations and opportunities and if we're for building god's kingdom and not our own they won't be inconveniences they're for his glory and his alone let me pray